We're going to be in Luke 19 today. If you want to turn to your Bible, if you didn't bring your Bible or your Bible app, we're going to put it on the screen for you. Uh, We're going to look at a story of Zacchaeus, if you're familiar with this guy, but I love how we can look at the same story, the same text of the Bible, and get something different from it every time. You don't have a religious book that is dry and is just full of rituals. You have a living and active word available to you, whether that's in book form or in app form. You have something that can transform your life every day, sitting at your house or in your car. You should never underestimate the power of the word of God. Amen? So we're going to read in Luke 19, verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw him and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Can we pray? God, I want to thank you for allowing us to gather in your house. And all that you want to speak to us today, I pray that you would do it. I pray that you would open up our hearts, our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and an ability to understand. God, by the power of your spirit, God, speak to us to transform us for your glory. God, bring us in closer into fellowship with you and with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David has been teaching on the pillars of CityGate Ministries, and if you're wondering what a pillar is, it's just the the basis of who we are here at CityGate Ministries. Yes, we're a church, Yes, we're Christians, and yes, we believe in Jesus, but sometimes that can uh, be kind of vague. Depending on what church you go to, you can get a different experience. Isn't that true? Well, we've been talking about who we are at CityGate Ministries, so just to review, uh, the pillars thus far has been radical redemption, deliberate discipleship, extravagant worship, and last week, Pastor talked about being faith-filled. These are all the elements of of what you can uh, believe you're going to get here at CityGate Ministries. This is not who the staff is. This is who you are. This is what we are as a church. And it's, so it's not enough for you to like hold Pastor David to these standards and go, are you doing your radical redemption? Are you being deliberate in your discipleship? Because uh, it's also back at you, you know? So this is for all of us. And today is going to be called Courageous Community. Courageous community is the next pillar that we're going to deal with because in order to do community the right way and to open yourself up to people, it takes courage, doesn't it? Because you, if, if you've been hurt by anyone before, this message scares you. Because if I tell you that uh, we believe that doing life together matters, and not just uh, in, in this church, but for Christianity, you're supposed to do it together. Some people don't like the idea because other people have hurt them in the past, and so they don't really like messages like this. But whether you like it or don't, 
This is not something you either want or don't want. I believe that we all need community. It's the way that God made us. We need community. When I say community, I don't mean um, out there community. When it's, sometimes you hear community and you go out into the community, like you're going to go to a neighborhood or you're going to go out into public. That's not what we mean when we say courageous community. What we mean is, is connection. What we mean is fellowship, right? So courageous community is about connecting with other people. And at CityGate, we don't want to just preach it. We don't want to just talk about love God, love people, serve others. We want to actually love people. And in order to love people, you got to hang out with some people. You can't show up to service and then leave and not talk to anybody because you like the preaching, but you don't like the people. I'm too early, too early to preach it. <laughs> Step back. <laughs> but I understand, I understand that people who have been hurt before it's hard to open up to something like that. I get that. But in order to be the best you, you need community. People can help develop you. Are you ready for this? I'm going to show you in Scripture. Proverbs. Proverbs 18.1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. You know, a, there's a dangerous version of you. It's you alone with your own thoughts. It's very dangerous. Your own judgment is not always good. I, I'm a solitude guy. I enjoy the solitude. Don't get me wrong. I, I get some good prayer time alone. But like you alone can be a very dangerous thing. Look at Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And like... Whenever you hang out with people, there's always friction. Have you ever had a roommate? <laughs> like, think back to your college years and like, your best friend can turn into your worst enemy. <laughs> like, I started, I started my first roommate, I was like, I was just 18. I went and I moved in with my best friend and we were, we were so close and I was like, this is gonna be awesome. And a year later, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I moved back in with my parents, thank God. <laughs> It was like, I'm going back with the people that I understand. I don't understand you. <laughs> but the truth is that there comes a certain level of friction. There's a rubbing that happens, and, and it's okay. That friction is meant to produce something inside of you that is healthy. That's to sharpen you. As iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. So community is a good thing. This is what we need in our lives. Um, God made us with a desire to be connected with people. We just call it community. Right? God made you with this desire to be connected. You can try to isolate yourself. You can try to deny this thing inside of you, but there's still something inside of you that longs to be understood, that longs to be connected. We're calling it community. Before I get back to Zacchaeus, I don't want you to think community and, and affiliate it with crowd. Crowd doesn't mean community. There's, a, there's people that gather in crowds all over the world and in different sects and different circles but they don't have connection. There's people that will show up to church today, they will, they will listen to the message, they will, they will lift their hand to the song, and they will not connect with one person. And that's not what God meant for his church. He calls it the body of Christ, and that we all need each other. So don't think crowd, I need you to think people. And to understand the people, you have to understand the person. And that's why we're going to look at Zacchaeus today. We're going to look at Zacchaeus to try to understand the person. Because I think there's really three things that are going to make a person, and this is probably true of you, 
There is a who, there is a what, and there is a why, does not matter? The who is like who you are, it's like your identity, like who you are and how we can describe you, there's a who. But then there's a what made you that way. There's things about your life that to really understand who you are, we ought to understand what happened to you that made you think that way or feel that way. There's the who, there's the what, and then there's the why does it matter? Let's look at Zacchaeus's, right? Zacchaeus, who was Zacchaeus? The Bible says that he was a chief tax collector, that he was rich and he was small in size. The three need to know for Zacchaeus, right? Now, what you need to know about a tax collector is that they weren't too popular. At this time, they were considered enemy, enemies of God's people. So if you were a tax collector, you were a disgrace to the nation, okay? Because you were somebody who extorted money from God's people, and you worked for the enemy government. You worked for the Roman government. This is true of Zacchaeus. Not only is he a tax collector, he's a chief tax collector. He's a big deal, and he's very successful at what he does. We know that uh, tax collectors did defraud people of money. They, were, they weren't just like, it's not like when you do your taxes, like, oh, I hate paying the government, okay? This is, this is even worse. These are people that are really dirty. These are really mean. This is not really a fair government system. So don't think, oh, yeah, I'm like Zacchaeus. I hate taxes, too. You know, like, don't think that in this message, okay? Your local accountant is a good person, okay? <laughs> Clap it up for the local accountants in the room. What I'm trying to say is back then they were, they were dirty. They were cheating people, okay? And so this is a different this is a different mindset, okay? But we know that it's true that they would defraud people because Zacchaeus, later you're going to see that Zacchaeus pays back four times to anyone that he defrauded. So you know that it's true. You know that uh, Zacchaeus is successful at what he does, this little game that he's playing, uh, but he's also lonely. Like, do you know that you could be successful or you can be really good at something? You could be really rich, but be lonely, and you could go and chase a degree and get all of the success that the world has to offer but still be empty inside. And this is happening in Zacchaeus' life. How do I know? Because look at him, he's alone. And he's climbing a tree to get a visual of Jesus. And though he's successful, though he's known in the community, he's a lonely guy that has to climb a tree to see Jesus. I think that at the core of us, people want two real simple things. People want to be known and they want to be needed. They want to be understood, and they want to be needed. <laughs> you want to be known, and you want to be needed. This is probably true of Zacchaeus, and here he is alone. And I'm not, you know, not going to harp on this too long, but like for someone like Zacchaeus who's lonely, that's going to create depression, and there's a lot of depression in our culture. And if, if you're struggling with that, I have, I, I'm sensitive to it. I have family members who struggle with it too, and I'm not against medications or diagnosis, so hear my heart. I am not against uh, Prozac, <laughs> but have you tried Zacchaeus, okay? Like, you need some, some word of God to get in your life to expose some real issues that the medication can't fix, because the medication is only going to numb you to realities that you need to deal with, because you feel alone, but there's some reasons why you're alone. You've isolated yourself, and come back to the word of God that's going to expose some things that aren't true and not right. So for Zacchaeus, he's got to get dealt with. See, that's a little bit of who he is, but what made him that way? Like, what made him somebody who would cheat people out of money? 
You, like, did he grow up going, I want to be a tax collector. I want to take people's money, and I want to, I want to you know, make people mad. Probably not. Because in that culture, the most admirable thing for you to want to grow up and be is a rabbi. He wanted to help people and minister to people and make disciples, but he settled. I don't know what you settled for, but for Zacchaeus, he has settled on being a tax collector. But why would he do something like that? What made him evil? What made him take advantage of people and exploit their weaknesses? Why did he pick this profession? I believe that you see it in the third attribute of Zacchaeus is that he's small. We got a song about Zacchaeus, don't we? (laughs) Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Okay. No wonder why people don't want to go to church. Like, if I go to church, they're going to make a song about my weaknesses, man. Like, I get Zacchaeus a little bit. Like, man, all people remember about me is that I was small and I was a dirty dude. You know what I mean? And so, like, but think about this. Growing up being the small guy, I am not picking on size. I'm six foot two on a good day, all right? But what I'm saying is, don't you think that being small would create some resentment to him being picked on? Or like being picked last because he couldn't provide the physical attributes that people were looking for. And, and he's probably not married. I'm just, I'm just speculating now. But like he's probably grown to a place of resentment. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to show them. Pick on me. Call me small. I'm going to be the, a giant in this field. I'm going to be the worst tax collector. And as soon as now it's my turn to pick on you. And I don't know if you ever had this chip on your shoulder about what happened to you when you were growing up. Then you decided, when I grow up, when I get successful, when I get power, I'm going to show them. You struggle with the Zacchaeus syndrome. And this is, where, this is where the Lord finds him. But the things that describe us were never meant to define us. The things that were descriptions in your life were never meant to be definitive. Okay? And don't let, don't let your limitations draw the lines for your life. Zacchaeus had to climb that tree. Don't let your limitations draw lines for your life. You got to climb a tree because you, it, there came a moment in Zacchaeus' life where he's like, I'm not going to let my size define me. I got to see this Jesus guy. I got to climb a tree. Dude, I don't know about you, but climbing trees is not cool. <laughs> it's not like the cool thing to do. Haven't you seen Transformers 1? I'm a movie guy, sorry. Point is, ADD is what it is. You got to be willing to put yourself out there is what I'm saying. And for Zacchaeus, he has to climb this tree in order to take a step to get closer to the Lord. Don't let your limitations define your life. And you say, but I'm afraid of heights or afraid of something. Maybe it's not heights, but you're afraid to to be vulnerable around people. You're, You're afraid that if people see your weaknesses... So you puff up and you leave service early and you're really good at hiding who you are because you're afraid of something. You have to overcome those fears. It takes courage to climb towards what God has for you. And that's what Zacchaeus had to swallow. So this is, he's not going to be defined by his limitations anymore. He's now ready to climb that tree. But that isn't enough. It's not enough for you to just climb a tree and to, Say, you know, I'm, I've overcome my limitations. It's, that's the who, that's the what, but why would Jesus pick him still? 
He climbed that tree, but he was still an evil dude in a tree. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't change. He didn't, he didn't repent before he got up the tree. He had this much courage. I just want to see Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus is walking his way. <laughs> but why would Jesus go and hang out with him? I think verse 7, you see what people's opinion is. It says that look at him. He's gone to be in the, a guest of a sinner. Look at Jesus. He went to the house of a sinner. Why would he do that? I think they're asking the same question that I think I, wanna, I want us to chew on, is that Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. That's you and me, just in case you're wondering. You don't have to be super religious or elite to be selected by God. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be smart. It doesn't take much. Here's, here's, here's the stipulation for community with Jesus. Are you ready? Do you eat? Because this is Jesus' favorite thing to do with people, is sit around a table and eat. I can relate with Jesus. <laughs> Growing up Italian, we know how to eat too. But my point is this. Zacchaeus, all the attributes that I just highlighted in him, we could, you could go to each person, and every person has a story of what made him that way and what makes them unique. But why would Jesus select somebody like that? Why would Jesus hang out with somebody like that? Is because he said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. See, healthy people don't think that they need a doctor. Religious people don't need Jesus. And, I, and I, I'm not picking on anyone. What I'm saying is the Pharisees didn't want a savior. They thought they were good enough on their own merit to get connected to God. And it takes somebody humble and vulnerable enough to say, I'm not good enough on my own. I, I might as well open up about my weaknesses because I'm not perfect. There is no perfect people in this church. We just open ourselves up to say, we need a savior just like you need a savior. Okay? And he says that the healthy don't need a doctor, the sick people do. The thing that you thought would disqualify you is the very thing that attracts Jesus to you. The very thing that you're trying to take yourself out of this game. You say, I can't go to church. If I walk in, I'll burn up. Jesus is going, I want you to come to this church. I want you to step into church because that's exactly who I'm looking for. I'm looking for a David against a Goliath. He chooses the weak things of the world to put the strong to shame, the foolish things to confound the wise. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He needs you to climb a tree. He needs you to just put yourself out there. But what happens? Jesus looked up and he calls him by name. I, I need you to know that they don't know each other. Zacchaeus wanted to go get a glimpse of, Zac uh, of Jesus. They don't have a relationship. So for Jesus to look up and call him by name would be a little odd, right? And really exposing, because if you thought you were hiding in a tree, <laughs> as soon as he called your name, everyone else is looking too, like, yo, there's a guy in a tree. <laughs> but he calls his name. I love how intimate God is with us, right? He knows your name. He knows your identity. He knows what you've done. He knows those things about you that you're good at hiding. He knows, he knows the things you don't post. Okay? He, he knows. He knows, and he calls you by name. Now, everyone else sees Zacchaeus as an evil guy. He's a tax collector. He's not a good dude. Why would you hang out with him? He's a sinner. But when Jesus looked up and called his name, there's something significant about that. 
Because Zacchaeus, his name means pure. It means innocent. So to everyone else, they see an evil guy, they see a sinner. Jesus reminds them who he was intended to be. And that's why you need community. Because it's not about what people think they know about you. It's about them calling you to who God made you to be. And what they can see in you is better than what you can see in you sometimes. God's people are able to call you up, not out. We don't need to call you out. Because that, we don't need to be accusers of the brethren, okay? We need to call you up to the, the thing that God made you to be. And to say, if I don't say this, then I don't love you. Because it's not love for me to leave you in a burning house. And say, I didn't want to wake I didn't want to wake you up in the middle of the night. Your house was on fire, but I thought I'd, I'd, I'd make you upset if I woke you up. Man, I will shake you. I will wake you. I might break you. But we're going to get out of that house, okay? And that's, that's real love. And that's real community. Real community is not going to leave you in that condition because real community, real community makes you better. Look, Jesus sees who you were meant to be, not what people label you. Zacchaeus was small. He was rich. He was a chief tax collector. But Jesus sees what he was intended to be. He doesn't want to get to know you. He already does. I encourage you, this is an invitation, bring all of your flaws and all of your feelings. It's okay to be real. Bring all your flaws and your feelings. That's the only way to truly be healed. Okay, you can't, you can't, the doctor's not going to tell you you got cancer. And then they go, we're going to try to cut it out. We're going to try to deal with the cancer, right? Like I, I've, uh, I've overcome melanoma, skin cancer a couple of times already. So pretend that they tell you, Alex, you have cancer. You have skin cancer. And we're going we're gonna to have to cut it out. And I go, does it involve pain? Does it involve like blood? Well, yeah, but we got to cut. No, I'm not. I've got hurt before. When I bled last time, it hurt. I just, I really don't want to open myself up to that. They said, okay, well, you're going to die. If you don't let us operate on you, if you don't open yourself up to this thing, then you're not going to be able to help you. And so you can't come into church or community and say, I want to be changed by God, but not be vulnerable with people. Because you think you're going to just come to church and the, and the sermon's going to save you? If you think that the music's going to change you, you got another thing coming. You got to swallow the reality that maybe, just maybe, God's word is true when it says iron sharpens iron, so does one man another. And you're, and you're dull. You got to get sharp. We need something to rub up against us in a way that's uncomfortable, in a way that's going to help us get back right, in a way that's going to help us get on track, in a way that's going to help us get focused. Real community makes you better. Bring your flaws, bring your feelings, because all people are flawed God made us for each other. God made us for each other. What does Zacchaeus do? I love Jesus comes over and hangs out with him. There's no record that Jesus said anything about his sin. There's zero record. He just hangs out with them. I'm, I'm guessing they're eating, right? Right? And conviction comes so strongly on Zacchaeus that he goes, Lord, if there's anybody that I defrauded, if I've done anyone wrong, I'm going to pay them back four times. And Jesus goes, today salvation has come to this home. This man, too, is a son of Abraham. I almost feel like Jesus looked at the religious when he said that. He's like, today salvation has come to this home. Then he looked over and he's like, this guy is also a son of Abraham. Y'all try to kick him out of the family, but he's in the family. 
and you think you've been disenfranchised and you've been kicked out of the family, but God's saying you're in my family. It's okay because real community is going to make you better. Jesus doesn't condemn him. He doesn't call him out. He just hangs out with him. And, and I'm, after, I'm after people to just hang out with you. Like I'm looking for you, Zacchaeus. I'm not, I'm not, and don't take this personal if, I'm, if I wanted to hang out with you. Like, I don't think I can invite everyone over my house. <laughs> but I'm going to try to invite some people over my house. I'm going to try to invite myself like Jesus did. I'm going to invite myself over some people's house because he had this mission that he was on. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Why? So they wouldn't be lost anymore. He didn't go, I came to seek and save the lost so that they can go back and be lost. No, he, so that they can be found. They can be brought into the fold. They can be brought into the herd. Shout out to the men's ministry. They can be brought into God's family because wandering alone, you're susceptible to the enemy. Wandering alone, you are susceptible to an attack. But in the herd, but in God's flock, you're protected. You got people got your back. This is what church is supposed to be. It's a, it's a place of people that are that are vulnerable with each other and say, I got your back. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt you, I'm gonna help you. And this is what's happening. I love anybody in here task oriented? Raise your hand if you're task oriented. What about people oriented people? You're people oriented. You have to raise your hand for one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like the teenagers in here. It's like, do y'all have hands? Raise them. <laughs> here, but what, what I love about Jesus is that he's task-oriented, but his tasks are people. That's his, that's his task. I'm looking for people because I'm on a mission for people. And if you're so busy that you're running around like a chicken head with your head cut off, I'm just so busy. I just, we can't get together. I'm so busy. I can't have y'all over because we're busy. We're busy. Like that is a front for you don't want to open up. Because if you're so busy that you don't want to hang out with people, then you're missing the purpose of your life. I believe that community, I believe this strongly in community, that you go make yourself so busy just so you can forget God's purposes for you. If you think that you're going to go make your life out there by doing a bunch of stuff, then you are no bigger than Zacchaeus. You are struggling with the Zacchaeus syndrome because Zacchaeus was so successful at what he did, but he still had to climb a tree because he was longing for community. He was longing for, for physical touch. He was longing for someone to love him. He was longing for someone to know him. People want to be known. They want to be needed. So being successful won't be enough for you. I want to ask you a question. Are we looking for lost sheep to bring back in? Have you invited yourself into someone's house lately? I know that takes a lot of courage, but it's courageous community. Have you invited yourself over? Have you invited anyone else over to your house? Because that's what it's going to take for us to be living this thing. We have to make ourselves vulnerable. We have to invite someone or we have to accept the invitation. The um, ministry assistant is going to help us with communion today. But before we get into that, I want to ask you a question. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to ask you something because there's a real simple invitation I want to give you. It's not join CityGate Ministries. I don't, I don't want to make this about that today. I want to ask you a question. Are you in God's family? Like for real? Or are you wandering like Zacchaeus on the outside just coming to get a glimpse of him today? If you feel like you're vulnerable, 
because you're not inside God's house. You're not in God's family. You're not connected. And I felt like this message is for you today first. Before we take communion, communion is for God's people, God's family. You don't have to be worthy or smart enough or good enough to take communion. You just got to be one of his. You got to be one of his children. And if you're not one of his children today, but you want to make a decision to commit to being saved, commit to accept that invitation of Jesus is inviting himself into your life right now, and you want to accept the invitation, would you raise your hand? His hands going up. Hands going up. I want to pray a prayer. Everyone, please repeat after me so we can join together as a family. Say, dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is your son. And he was sent for me to save me. That he went on that cross and he rose again. I call that salvation. And I accept the gift. I accept the invitation to be in your family. May that be true all my days. In Jesus' name, amen.